country has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. We will no longer surrender this country or its people to the false song of globalism. New Right Network presents Right Now, the featured podcast of New Right Network. Mobilizing, countering the left, energizing the right. New Right Network, home of the New Right Movement. Cast of the New Right Network. Uh, with us today is, uh, uh, we're honored to have this guest. It's Kathy Barnett, and she's done a lot of things. She's a veteran. She's a CEO. She's a public speaker. She's a political correspondent. And honestly, I couldn't tell you what all else other than also now a published author. Kathy, thank you for being with us today. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so grateful to be here and talking to your audience. So anybody that, you know, uh, I know you've been on Fox News, you've been on these major outlets, but if there's anybody left that maybe was living under a rock and they haven't heard of you, well, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, my goodness. You know, just listening to some of the, the titles you were, t- you were uh, mentioning, I was thinking to myself, I've lived a couple of lives, or at least it feels that way. And by the grace, of, I'm very grateful for those opportunities. But um, I'm in a little bit of everything these days. Um, Not quite yet a published author, but I did secure a book deal with the number one conservative publisher in the nation. So I'm really excited about that. Um, The book is scheduled to be released in February. Uh, We're wanting it to be a part of the political conversation. Uh, as we head into 2020 presidential election. So very excited about that. You know, one thing whenever I was reading up about you and I didn't know when I, I've seen you on Fox News, I think that's where a lot of people naturally associate you. You've seen her there. In this. But I was reading something about the Pregnancy Crisis Center that you have uh, worked with very closely for several years. And, you know, with abortion being such a hot button topic right now, is there anything maybe you want to speak on from a point of expertise having done that? Yeah, you know, um, that one was dear, near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, uh, I haven't talked a lot about it, but I, you know, over the last couple of months with the intensity of the conversation, the energy that is flowing back into the conversation surrounding abortions and pro-lifers really taking to um pounding the street, especially around here in the Philadelphia area where we have Brian Sims. I'm sure many of your followers will remember him. He's the um, uh, the elected representative uh, in the state of Pennsylvania who tried doxing several of uh, several people who were standing outside of the Planned Parenthood. Right. He went up and like, accosted them right on the street, didn't he? It was like trying to dox the yeah. daughters with the moms. It's like, what are you doing? Something yeah. insane. Exactly. And so around about that. So with that and with all the energy that's surrounding the whole topic of defending life, I decided to come out with my own story and to be a little bit more open um, and to let people know that I am the byproduct of a rape. My mother had me when she was 12 years old. She uh, I was conceived when she was 11 and she had me when she was 12 and um and at around about that time i just could no longer keep silent as i saw so many pro-lifers taking to the street and, t- and talking to their politicians and my thought was that if my story could be a voice for the unborn in any way then i had to 
to just share that story. And so, um, so working with the Pregnancy Crisis Center, it was a very near and dear kind of topic and coming out and talking about my own genesis and the fact that all lives have value regardless um, of what stage that life may be in and that all life is worthy to be protected. And, um, and so I feel very strongly about that and I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to be to begin to talk about it on a national level as well. I couldn't agree with you more that I do agree that all life is sacred and I, uh, I, I commend your mom for having you. And I mean, obviously, you know, you turn out to be fantastic. So, uh, you know, that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> right. I guess that's that. Uh, well, you're also a veteran, you know, and I think that we hear a lot about that. Recently, I heard a lot of talk about the Democratic candidate in the primary, Kamala Harris, talking about how she supports the troops and how she does this and that. Um, I don't know if the military would necessarily agree with the, uh, the Democratic platform in the military. What do you think? You know, um, like many people, I sat through um, both debates, both of the Democratic primary presidential debates, um, All listened to all 20 of the candidates that were there on the stage. And um, if that is a litmus test of where our country is right now, it's very daunting. And we should all take the threat very seriously. Um, I know that they are pandering to the, the uber progressive side of their wing, but um, it is something that all Americans should wake up and be very cognizant about and take very seriously. We have 20 president the overwhelming majority, there may have been one or two who were not as progressive as some of the others, but what I saw were um, roughly 20 candidates who were trying to out Bernie Bernie Sanders. And it was it, it was an amazing spectacle to see, to see someone um, before Bernie Sanders, no one really took seriously the thought of socialism being, um, being um, a viable, option for our government, for our republic. And now we have 20 uh, candidates who are vying seriously for the opportunity to lead our country right into that particular ideology. And um, and I, I think we should all be a little unnerved, uh, whether it's Kamala Harris saying one thing with her words and doing something completely opposite when it comes time to legislate. Um, I think we should all be very aware, cognizant, and concerned about it. Well, one thing that caught me, as well as a lot of other people in those Democratic primaries, was when they were talking about uh, health, free health care for illegals. I mean, where does it end? Global welfare paid for by the American taxpayer? It's just insane. It's unsustainable. You know, I mean, it's, it's ludicrous. It makes absolutely no sense. And even when I'm debating people and I ask them the very reasonable question of how are you going to pay for all of this? They look at me like, like, like me asking that question is a symptom of the problem. It's a very viable question. How are you going to pay for this? Do any of us in our own personal economy um, endeavor to put a pool in the backyard or add an addition to the home or buy a new car and not know how we're going to pay for it? It's, it's, it's kind of common 
place that you would ask yourself if you want to add an addition to, of some kind in any way to your life, how are you going to pay for it? But that is a question that they want to pretend is anathema. It's a question we shouldn't ask. But think about it. We're now at the point where we want universal health care. We want universal education. We want um, everyone to have guaranteed government jobs, a guaranteed base salary. And now they want a universal universe because now uh, Castro, one of the uh, candidates, were was uh, suggesting um, making making it no longer illegal for illegals to come into our country illegally, but to make it more of a misdemeanor of a crime. So essentially removing our sovereign border. And how does that work exactly? How are we a country if we have no sovereignty, no concept of real sovereignty, if we have no ability to monitor who is coming in or who is going out of our country? How does that make you a sovereign nation? And I don't think most Americans have really thought that question through. Universal health care, it sounds nice universal education it sounds nice until you begin to to really delve deeper into that question or into those concepts that they're trying to push off onto the american people i'll tell you something else that really scared me was whenever bill de blasio quoted che guerrera it's like these people would rather idolize this man that murdered women and children and instead of american heroes it's absolutely insane and i just don't know the depths of their, I would say, I would call it a moral depravity. I mean, I don't know if I can say that on network television, but it is totally true. And I just don't know um, where that's going to turn out. If you, I'm not saying that you have to be the oracle here, but who do you see being the breakout star here? Do you think they're going to go with Biden or do you think that it's going to be a repeat of 2016 where they're going to kind of, I guess, screw Bernie Sanders again and then there's the basal uprise? Um, what is the lady's name? Was it Miriam Williamson? Yeah, you mean the totally kooky one that was talking about like, spiritual journeys? How can you call her kooky? <laughs> Wouldn't that be a wonderful matchup between her and Donald Trump? Who knows what they're going to do? The latest poll says that Bernie Sam that um that Joe Biden is the candidate that has the the greatest potential to win. Um, maybe they will go. I mean, if they're looking at who is more winnable, who's more electable, then perhaps they would go with Joe Biden. Um, however, Kamala Harris is it has had a significant rise in the poll uh, since the um, since since her going after Joe Biden on the um, on the stage at the primary debate. So who knows if, it, you know, maybe a ticket between Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren, um, i.e. Pocahontas. I mean, talk about talk about white privilege there. Right. But no one seems to care that this clearly white woman with blonde white privilege hair only works if you're not a Democrat. I have to say that from personal experience. Only only white non-democrats have white privilege in their eyes. I have to tell you that. Exactly right. Because here we have Elizabeth Warren who has officially out Bernie, Bernie Sanders. I don't know how that's possible, but she's done it. And, but this is a woman who is clearly white with blonde hair, blue eyes. And yeah. yet she would like for us to believe that she got no benefit on um, placing herself as a native American. Now she's off the reservation for sure. I don't know what she's really doing, so. Literally off the reservation. <laughs> I don't even want her off the 
information. The but, Cherokee nations have denounced her as saying that that is completely yes. wrong. So, I mean, I don't know what she, I think that's over, I but think. She to believe, you know what, she and the media would, would like to sweep this under the rug, but I don't think this is something that is swappable, if I can make up a word. And I believe that if Elizabeth Warren is the candidate, this will, I mean, she would try to pretend that she want to talk about the issue, but this is clearly a violation um, <laughs> um, on her part of uh, talk about, you know, the whole white privilege kind of thing and usurping other people's um, privileges. So we'll see where that goes. Well, I think, well, I to think be honest, I think Trump, is, this is not seeing the, rose, the world through rose-colored glasses either. I think the only person that can lose this election for Donald Trump at this point is Donald Trump. I think that he will be reelected in 2020, um, and I don't think that's wishful thinking. But let's switch some gears and actually go to, what, is, what about this book? What's it going to be about? What's in it? Why don't we go ahead and get some spoilers going? You can tell us anything. It's only us talking here. I know, right? right. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. Um Cannot share too much about it right now. I all day, all night, my head is down. I'm reading a plethora of books, different genres, um, different pe people on different side of the aisle, just to, you know, just to really bring home the message here. And this book is really about my journey of becoming both black and a proud American. Um, you know, it's the journey of, you know, there's so many narratives that tell black people what it means to be black. I was listening to, I don't watch any um, regularly programmed shows. I DVR almost everything, but you know, they slip in those commercials every now and again. And I saw, I happened to see a BET commercial, BET being owned by white Jewish people, I believe, but definitely white people. But this he is not black owned. Is that true? I know. No, no longer. But I B can't believe that. But I was sitting there watching it and over and over again, they kept having these commercials come in. Um, and, 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 and they said, this is what it means to be black. This is what it means to be black. This is what it means to be black is what they kept saying over and over again. And it was things such as, you know, um, half-dressed women, a lot of gold, a lot of rapping, just a lot of those kinds of, you know, um, just playing to that really degraded kind of narrative of what it means to be Black. And the fact that they kept chanting, this is what it means to be Black. And it was things that I don't identify with whatsoever. Um, but that's the narrative that is constantly being pushed of what it means to be black in America. So this book is really my journey along the years of what the, of my journey of becoming a very proud um, black woman who loved this country. Um, and so that's the genesis. I mean, that's the nature of the book. <laughs> At the end of the day, we're all Americans. And I guess at that commercial, I guess it should have ended with them saying, I guess, to be black in America, that I guess is to be in a business that's white-owned and call ourselves black entertainment television. It's ridiculous. And, re and really just an exploitation. You know, um, you know, I mean, I have to say, you know, um, I see color. Now, I've had many of my, you know, my wonderful um, friends who happen to be white who say, Kathy, when I see you... I don't see color, to which I say, what, are you colorblind? And we laugh, 
I know exactly what they mean. They they love me as a person. They see my character and I appreciate that. But I don't think there's anything wrong with you being able to look at me and recognize the fact that I'm black or me being able to look at you and recognize the fact that you're not black or that you're white or that you're Indian or that you're Asian. I think if God wanted a monolithic culture, he would have had us all be one bland color. But I think there's there are stories and history and culture and differences that do not make us weak, but make us better. Um, however, there are groups among us who would try to exploit those differences and come up with things like white privilege, um, you know, which is a false narrative in and of itself. Because in order for me to to see you as a white man having privileges over me, I mean, I have to look at myself and say that I'm I, inferior. I limousine liberals to take a drive through Appalachia and you tell me that there's a thing called white privilege in America. You know, I mean, but it's, it's a false narrative. It's a false narrative to begin with, but it's a narrative that has proven to be effective. In order for me to see you having privileges because of the white skin that you're in, I would have to look at my black skin and say, my skin has betrayed me. I would have to look at my own self and say, well, I must be inferior to you. And imagine whole generations of people walking around thinking that their skin has betrayed them, that somehow I'm inferior and you're better than I am. And then you begin to understand the reason why it's such an effective tool that is being used in our culture today. It's a false narrative, but it's a very effective tool. And white liberals are not going to let it go anytime soon because it Identity works. Identity politics them. is the true cancer of modern America. Absolutely. I agree. And I, I think, agree. you know, uh, like, uh, I'll tell you something that came up in the news that's going to happen next month is uh, just watch how politically correct and how insane the liberal America is. You know, in Boston, these, this group got this permit to have the heterosexual pride parade. I think it's on the 31st of August. And I guess Milo Yiannopoulos is going to be the grand marshal of it. I mean, it's all this big to do. Liberals are losing their minds. It's I mean, racist. I never thought they would. Huh? Racist, intolerant. It's a little bit of everything. That, I mean, but that's a part of this is it. The culmination of all things bigoted. It's the heterosexual pride parade in Boston. And it will be Donald Trump's fault. Although Donald Trump will probably be nowhere. He could be out of the country, have not tweeted about it whatsoever. Don't know anyone who's participating in it. But somehow it is a result of Donald Trump being president. Hence another reason for liberals. Uh, to vote him out um, come 2020. But those are the narratives, and they're all false narratives. And it's all these little boxes that white liberals primarily have created to stuff all of us in, that they look at the container that we're in, and we say, okay, you're black, you must be a Democrat. Okay, you're gay, so you must think this way. Okay, you're a woman, so you must vote with your uterus. You must vote this particular way. You can't vote beyond any, you can't see anything else other than these little packages. And I get it. In part, it allows us putting people into these little categories allows us to feel comfortable with ourselves and allow us to control and manipulate things a little bit further. But the fact that we allow ourselves as Americans to be manipulated is, you know, um, something I haven't quite wrapped my mind around <laughs> of why we allow it to be done. We know what's being done and yet we allow it to be done nonetheless um, and to our detriment to our nation's detriment. Um, you know, all of these little um, um, identity boxes has not benefited us in one way at all. 
No, it's just divided America. I mean, it it's crazy. You know, the last election to Hillary Clinton, I've had women say, well, I'm going to vote for her because we haven't had a woman president. And I said, well, I, 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 and even though people can't see me right this second, I am white and I am a male. And there's been many, many white male candidates that I would never in this lifetime vote for. And so um, I just think that I hope people, you know, at the end of the day would use their own discernment. If it is a Kamala Harris, I hope that, you know, people that identify with her being a woman of, uh, you know, I, I don't know if she's African-American totally. No, or she's, like, she's not. Her father is Jamaican and her mother is Indian. So she's not a black okay. American, a, a, a black American in in that term. Culturally mixed background then, I, you know, but still nonetheless, I hope that people will look she's beyond Jamaican that. She's Jamaican and Indian. <laughs> she's Jamaican and Indian. I bet she can, I mean, that's, I like both cuisines, so I bet that sounds good, but that's the only thing I think I like about Kamal Harris then. But so, uh, yeah, so anything you want to leave us with today? I don't want to hold you up too much. I'm really excited that our audience gets to see you, meet you, and see you in a more, I would say, relaxed atmosphere than on Fox. You know, we don't have the viewership, but we have a lot of people that like to talk, you know, and see ya. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm so excited um, about all the doors that are opening up. I think um, I think now if there was ever a time for conservatives to get involved and to speak out and to engage our system, it is now under this particular president, President Trump. Um, I don't I there should be no conservative as we round into 2020 elections who's still sitting on the couch waiting for something better. This is it. <laughs> this is at, what's that movie as good as it gets right now. And whether you don't like his tweets, okay, I get it, whatever. But look at the things that he has done for this nation, um, internationally as well as domestically. Um, if you're a conservative and if you're in the never Trumper camp or you're on the outskirts as an independent, begin to look at the, the fact that you can say Merry Christmas freely. I think we all began to feel the noose, for a lack of a better word, tighten as around our necks as we began to enter into the Christmas holiday and whether or not we should say Happy Holidays or or you watch these Democrats run Merry Christmas. the hills instead of saying Merry Christmas, they will say anything else. Anything, everything else is um, is is doable, is allowable, is politically correct, except when it comes to Christian values. When it, except when it comes to American uh, traditional American values, and except when it comes to this president. And like, and, and as I often try to encourage conservatives, especially now is the time to get engaged. There is no better time to get off your couch, to get off the, you know, being Facebook warriors and actually begin to engage this culture, go across the street, have coffee, have conversations. Um, I'm at, uh, um, um, a computer programming class with my children at Apple. And I know I'm sitting across um, one of the white liberals that we always talk about. And I just started engaging in conversation and it was a wonderful conversation. But we don't have to prove to people. We just have to be courageous enough to plant some seeds of truth and logic uh, with a smile on our face and then keep moving. All right, Kathy, so uh, where, if people are looking for you online, where can they find you? I think you have a website and we're on social media. I do. Um, I'm a little bit of everywhere. So please go to Truth Exchange, not Truth Exchange, KathyBarnett.com. So many things. KathyBarnett, B-A-R-N-E-T-T-E.com. 
and sign up for my newsletter. You can always find me on Kathy for Truth on Twitter, uh, Kathy Barnett for Truth on Facebook. I'm on YouTube, LinkedIn, a little bit of everywhere, Instagram. Find me, connect. I would love to connect. Google Kathy Barnett. I guarantee she will pop up. She's all yeah. over the place. Like she said, that's, that's the simplest way to say it. If you want to find me, just Google me. And then <laughs> a whole host of things will pop up and then connect. We need to connect. I mean, you have people out here on the front line with their face and their family exposed. It's, I mean, and you're conservative. It's no easy measure. Let me tell you, we need to know that people are listening and that people are willing to come alongside um, and encourage and follow and support. I completely agree. And Kathy, we obviously we definitely will have you back. It's been our pleasure. You're a wonderful guest. Thank um, you. I do want to tell everybody at home, as always, you can find us at www.newrightnetwork.com and find us on pretty much all social media. That is Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at New Right Network, one word, at New Right Network. Thank you very much, and I hope everyone has a great day. Kathy, if you want to stick around for a moment, that'd be great. Thank you. Bye-bye, guys. You've been listening to New Right Network, mobilizing, countering, energizing, online at newrightnetwork.com.